Warning, this podcast discusses the books in detail. It may contain spoilers. Welcome to Books and Brunch, a book club turned podcast. We're so glad you joined us. I'm Katera. And I'm Kara. Let's sit and chat and snack a while. and welcome back to Books and Brunch. I'm Katera. And I'm Kara. And we are almost into the month of May, which is a little crazy. A little crazy. May 1st is tomorrow, and we Whoa. have fun things happening tomorrow. I honestly cannot wait. Um, we, Kara and I get to go see Hamilton tomorrow night. Yeah. And I am, like, ready to explode. I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. So excited. And you've seen it before. And I have seen well you, we've seen we've all seen it on Disney Plus and if you have not yet seen Hamilton on Disney Plus please watch it. It is so, so good. good. <laughs> it's so good. Um I got an opportunity to see Hamilton when it came to Charlotte a couple of years ago and we had like nosebleeds. Like the yeah, very have... back of the balcony. Um, where it feels like you're going to fall down the balcony because the steeps, the seats are so steep and narrow. Um, and we have really great seats for tomorrow. We do. <laughs> so Thank you, Roddy's coworker. Yes. So I'm, uh, I, I have a feeling the experience is going to be a little different than my first, but I would imagine it would be. So almost May, um, we discussed, our last time that we were going to try to read each other's favorite books. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm almost 40 and I have read, I couldn't even tell you how many books I've read in my lifetime, but there mm-hmm. are two that I come back to all the time. Mm-hmm. One is outside of my norm and then one is right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and but... I will concur with that now reading <laughs> most of both of them. Yeah. So my two favorites were, so my first suggestion, or one of my favorite books, is The Bone Collector by Jeffrey Deaver. Um, it really combines kind of murder mystery and the forensic side of it, um, which is very interesting to me. And if you're one of those people that watches like cold case files and DNA and things left behind, like it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly enough, the very first book that came to mind when we said our favorites was one called Rose Matter. It's by Stephen King, and it is uh, very unlike books I, like, enjoy reading, typically. Yes. I <laughs> was reading this, and I'm like, why, why this is, your is favorite? Kay's favorites? <laughs> it's, it's weird. Definitely it is, outside of the realm of what I would have expected you to pick. Yeah, I don't typically do sci-fi, fantastical kind of stuff, and that is right in that realm. Um, I don't, I don't know why. I wonder if it's because I think I was probably Sarah's age when I read it. In sixth grade, I had a call, I was at a college reading level. So I was reading Mm -hmm. books probably that I shouldn't have read. (laughs) Rose Matter probably included. Um, but it's just one that stuck with me and I'm now going to be 40 soon. And I just, it's one of those books I keep coming back to Mm -hmm. as weird as it is. And it's weird, folks. If you've read it, then you know. If you haven't, you will once you do read it. <laughs> it's it's interesting. It is interesting. It's not to say that it's not good. It um, It's just you have to sort of, if you're not expecting it. <laughs> right. 
it's kind of it's a little reminiscent of the labyrinth to me i don't think i read the book i've seen the movie but um but it is a little reminiscent of that to me mm-hmm. um and i'm not a fan of the movie and people are probably gonna freak out that i said that out loud because like it is an 80s classic that's just one that I, mm-hmm. the fantastical kind of, sci- it's not my genre. It's just mm-hmm. not something I typically enjoy, mm-hmm. which is interesting that I then connect. Again, pick I then Rose connect, Matter. Right, Labyrinth <laughs> to Rose Matter. Uh, but those are my go-tos. Those are my favorites. I still own Rose Matter. Um, oh, no, I fib. I think I gave it to someone, and then I never got it back. Oh. I, like, gave it to them to read. Um but yeah, they're just they're good ones. And then your suggestion I loved was the Lovely Bones by um, Alice Siebold. Yeah, and that is I I have a hard time rereading books, but I think I've read this one at least twice, and I just love this book. It's just it's a really sad book, but <laughs> um, I love the way that it's written and. Um, the writing style of being in the girl's yeah. point of view <laughs> and she's deceased. And so she's sort of leading people to her like crime scene and how she was murdered. And, right. and I just love how she does that. Um, it just is very like it was very poignant for me and I don't I just I don't know why like it's super sad but it's so good. It is and so in my head I was like we had originally started where we go back and forth but I think we should just start with the lovely bones. Sure. So it starts with Susie who is a sister and a daughter and a friend and she talks about this boy that she likes Um, But so Susie's a daughter and a sister and a friend, and she talks about this boy that she kissed once, and and then she describes how she dies. Mm -hmm. And that, for me, was very sad, and I don't want to... I don't want to go into too much detail and give it away if you've not read it or seen the movie. I didn't even know it was a movie. I gotta watch it. Such a good movie. Um, Great casting. And so, but yeah, I've got to watch it because I've never, never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was very sad to me and very, um, I don't know the word for it. I don't know. It was just, it was a little hard to read because you put, I, I'm an empath, absolutely, 100%. And so I kind of put myself, <coughs> I kind of put myself in her shoes and what that would be like and the mm-hmm. fear and kind of. It mm-hmm. takes her a few minutes to realize what's really happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it dawns on her that she's not going to live through it, um, <clears throat> it's just really heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's really heartbreaking. And um, I'm pretty sure there's moments in heaven, right? When she's in heaven and she's talking to people in heaven. Mm-hmm. Am I remembering that correctly? So it makes me very... This book, I don't know if you've read The Shack. Have you read The Shack? I have not. It's, that's another great one. <clears throat> that's a tearjerker, though. <clears throat> but it's very reminiscent of The Shack. That's also a movie now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just is very, like, I, I don't know if it's because, I don't think it's necessarily because I'm a practicing Christian, but to know that, like, I don't know, some of it's comforting to me to know that there's, like, 
other people in heaven that you can right. talk to and there is heaven <laughs> right and you can like right. grow even in the afterlife and understanding things of like earthly nature and that kind of stuff so that all sort of interests me and I think that it just right. gives another perspective in how Siebold like describes that right and so um Susie goes to what do they call it Oh, I forget what they called it, um, what they call her heaven. But she really, I mean, it's, she's given a space that it's perfect for her, right? And so as she learns or as she evolves even as a person, I feel like, you know, your, your wants and needs changes, the things you enjoy change, your habits change, mm-hmm. that she is able to discover and wander and learn more about the place that she's in um and she's even connected with other people who were killed by the man that killed her Mm -hmm. and that kind of blew my mind Mm -hmm. like that even somewhere somehow she was able to connect with these people and Mm -hmm. she has this bond with them that i mean no one else is gonna have Right. right um but she also follows and kind of tracks her killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and her dad is very suspicious. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Go dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he is convinced that this man has something to do with it, even though he doesn't really have any proof. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, it was so, all of it was just so mm-hmm. interesting to follow along. Mm-hmm. And I think she, like, I found it <clears throat> interesting that she sends, like, signs to, like, her dad. Yes. Um, and so that communication piece of, like, the dead and the living. And, you know, some people think it's hokum. I certainly believe in it. I've had my own personal experiences with it. And so I think that it's not out of the realm of truth um, to have a, a deceased person, like, sending communication to those that, she loved about like this is what happened to me right. especially i mean and you can all say like a crime so- a crime scene speaks to investigators and those kinds of things um but i think there's an extra element in this book of like sure. being able to communicate right on um, some level yeah well i know you and i have had conversations about that mm-hmm. and i don't really know how much i really I personally have never had an experience with, like, a spirit or something talking to me. Um, but when Ami was about Jackson's age, he was about three, three and a half, he would talk to me about my grandfather. Well, my poppy, my poppy, my poppy. And I'm like, you never met poppy. My grandfather passed when my oldest was just three weeks old. And me went down for the funeral. I was very upset Um, obviously. Um, but I was really upset with my family because I was so close to delivering that they didn't want to tell me that he was dying. I I knew he'd been sick. He'd been fighting cancer for a really long time. Um, and, but I kept in constant communication with them. And as far as I knew, he was doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. And then, um, after my son was born, my mom had come over and she was like, I need to tell you something. And I lost it. I was angry like I wasn't even really sad at first <clears throat> mm-hmm. I mean I know that we don't get to keep them forever right 
but I was just angry that they would keep that from me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so we came home from the hospital, and this is before <laughs> smartphones, which that makes me feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> But before smartphones, and so I had a little point-and-shoot camera, and I took a million pictures of him and sent them. This is te- technology I really love. I was able to send them to her pharmacy for my grandma to pick up, and she didn't have to pay for them. She just gave them her name and took pictures and was able to mm-hmm. take his pictures to the hospital so my poppy could see him. And... um I just, I was devastated when he died, and I was like, oh, no, no, no questions asked. We're, we're driving, and we drove to Florida, South Florida, um, with a three-week-old. He wasn't even quite three weeks old. He was, mm-hmm. like, two days shy of three. Anyway, he was teeny, <clears throat> and, but babies at that age sleep all the time, Yep. and so I pumped in the front seat. The truck's driving past, and my mom fed him a, a bottle in the back, and we made it all the way to Florida. Um, but when he was three weeks or three months or three, goodness gracious, but when he was Jackson's age, like three, three and a half, he started telling me things. Well, my poppy liked the giants and I was like, I don't even know the poppy. Wait, what did you say? Poppy? Like you, Mm -hmm. you don't know him. What do you mean? And so then he would say, well, poppy told me he liked the giants and I'm like, I don't even know that Poppy watched football. But so I called his daughter, my aunt, and I, she was like, oh, no, Poppy loved the Giants. He followed them religiously. Or I took Tommy grocery shopping one day and came across their little, like, little hard bread sticks in a pack. And they crumble like nobody's business. And they have little sesame seeds on them. And they were, like, one of his go-to snacks. My grandma mm-hmm. put plastic on his chair because he was eat- he would eat them. And they were just cut. His chair was full of crumbs constantly. <laughs> and we were grocery shopping. And he's like, can we get those? And I immediately, I think, I, I just was, like, it made me a little sad because, like, I knew <clears> that that <throat> was something mm-hmm. he really loved. And he was like, well, my poppy told me to get them. He loves them. And I'm like, what? What the heck? <laughs> but it went on for like a month. He mm-hmm. just would say something randomly. Or we saw a moving truck once and he said something about my poppy had trucks like that. And he had no idea my poppy had owned a moving company. Mm-hmm. And he had, you know, big blue trucks. And mm-hmm. um, it just was interesting to me mm-hmm. to see, <clears throat> like, he didn't, obviously at three years old, he doesn't know right. what that is in comparison to a real person, I don't think, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. The understanding, the mental capacity to understand something like that is right. not given at three years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like my one like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and I know you've had things with, like, Jackson and Sherry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things happen in this house all the time. Our microwave goes wacky and, like, go like shows seven all the time randomly. And if we, like, acknowledge it, then there's another seven that pops up. And um, when we used to have the, the monitor on Jackson, <clears throat> like, I would be sitting there and, like, reading, let's say. And I would see something out of the corner of my eye and then look back and there was nothing there. Um, And we actually saw a medium and she said like that was not, I was not imagining like that was actually happening. Right. Um, And there are times like in the hallway, like I feel like I see like, I don't see like a person, but it's like a shadow, like walking. Yeah. Um, 
And so, you know, I, I, and I'm more open to these things. You have to be more like open and right. Um, if you're scared, then it doesn't. And sometimes I get scared. And so I like really like close my eyes and hold them tight. <laughs> but um, Ronnie is kind of nervous about it. And so I don't, I think that's why he doesn't really experience the same things sometimes. Sure. But um, yeah, I definitely believe in it. And I was, um, when I was four or five, maybe I was six. We were living um, with my mom and I and my aunt were all living together and my mom was um, combing my hair and we were all in that room and <clears throat> all of a sudden you heard like footsteps down the hallway and there was nobody else in the house and right. so um, I've had like those kind of things happen and so I definitely believe in that stuff. I'm a huge Teresa Caputo fan. Right. <laughs> I used to it's live super on those, fascinating. To I used me. to live on those like ghost hunter shows, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's interesting to me. I would mm-hmm. be interested to try to see a medium. I don't even know what something like that would cost, but um, I've always been interested, especially. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know if there, if it, if it is even a thing. But like, my biological father was adopted. What is that, you know, what does that look like? What, like, my mm-hmm. my mom's mom passed before my mom had any children, and so I don't know her at all. Mm-hmm. I have a brother who died at birth. Mm-hmm. Um, just before me, we would have been Irish twins. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've always been intrigued by that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but... Because I don't, because I personally don't have like a real firm, solid experience. I don't have anything that's like, oh no, I'm sold. I'm in, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> my experience with Ami certainly changes my perspective a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because at first I was like, where did you hear? Like, where did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Who told you that? Because mm-hmm. I didn't. T- I I didn't even know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized after the fact that there's no way he could have known because I didn't have that information, mm-hmm. and I certainly didn't tell him other things like about right. the breadsticks and about mm-hmm. the moving trucks and about all these other things. And I was just like, "Where did you? Mm-hmm. Who to- who told you? <laughs> who right. told you that?" <clears throat> and so then my aunt started calling me um, more frequently, and she's like, "Did he say anything?" You know, has he said anything else, you know, interesting or weird? Um, but yeah, it just, it's something that's always kind of intrigued me. But mm-hmm. so I think to see, like, in Alice Siebold's novel, like, that she's able to communicate. Um, they, she talks about her, like, as her soul left, she brushed past a girl from school. Mm-hmm. And this girl, you know, you know, from then on, just felt like she could... She had access to her mm-hmm. um, or felt like she was being watched over mm-hmm. or um, could connect with her if she wanted. Mm-hmm. I, it just was really, the whole thing was really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I need to, we need to make a movie day and, and watch some things <laughs> for real. Um, but yeah, I just, I loved it. It was so good. Mm-hmm. It was so good. So good. And so can you imagine Mark Wahlberg as the dad? Is Mark Wahlberg the dad? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I was like, wait, why would you say, oh. Yes. <laughs> I can. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
So I can't remember who plays the killer. I'm going to have to look that up. <clears throat> I can't remember. Because um, he's kind of like, I think he's known, but not like super known, if that makes sense. Sure. Well, so if, if, not, if you guys don't know me, I love IMDb. Same. <clears throat> and IMDb is, text messages, um, IMDb is essentially a website um, that gives you all of the information about, I mean, any movie, show, new, old, actor information that you want to know. So I just typed in the Lovely Bones. Mark Wahlberg is the dad. Uh, Rachel Weiss is the wife. Cersei Ronan is the is Susie, which is crazy to me because she's all grown up and this movie is clearly not new. My brain. This came out in two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Saoirse Ronan is um, Ronan is Susie. Um, Susan Sarandon is the grandmother. I forgot that. Stanley Tucci? He's the bad guy? He's the killer? He must be the killer. Yeah, he's the... I can George see that. George Harvey? No, he's the detective. Oh. Is George Harvey the detective? I can't remember now. Ah. Uh. My phone is making all kinds of noise. He is. George Harvey is the killer, and it's played by Stanley Tucci. He's all made up, too, because he's bald-headed. and Oh, my god! Well, he's got, like, a comb over. That makes total sense. So good. I love so, this is an so instance much. where I love both the book and the movie. I definitely need to see the movie now. It's so good. I mean, there's lots of people in this that I'm like, mm-hmm. I know them, and I know them, mm-hmm. and I know them. Wow. Such a good movie. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm crunching on, so I made hot buttered Cheerios, which are really good, by the way. Ah, uh, yes. Super easy. And Kay Amazing. made a strawberry poke cake, no, strawberry cheesecake poke cake. Yes. And that was really delicious, too. I was Um, sipping on some wine. So, apparently, there's a Lovely Bones uh, short film. Oh. So, in my search, where did it go? Where did it go? (laughs) So, I went on to IMDb. I found the Lovely Bones. And if I continue to scroll, it says, more like this, you might also like. And then it says, the Lovely bones from 2015 oh so if you click on it there's no actors faces but it says like george harvey is played by charles mccow i don't know who that is he's known for new york psycho and the lovely bones i but like he doesn't have any photos and i don't know who i've never even heard of that short film no me neither it's interesting. I, I don't I don't know what that is. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, but that certainly now seems like one I need to I need mm-hmm. to watch for sure. Yes. So, <clears throat> you read two books. So the first one I read was Rose Matter because Kay said that was like her number one. So <clears throat> I went for that one. 
And as we said before, I was reading this and I was like, this seems really not like a book Kate would like. First of all, (laughs) the husband is so abusive to the wife that that was my first like, really, Kate? Really? (laughs) I know. I know. Um. Because, I mean, you, you didn't live it to that extent, like, with your stepdad. But, like, I was like, I feel like this would be something that you would be like, no. Right. Can't read that. <laughs> yeah. And so there's that. I mean, to the point where she miscarried and, like, <clears throat> had bones broken, ribs broken. Um, and But she runs away. She gets, like, the strength. And, this, and then I was like, well, maybe Kay likes this for, like, femlib reasons. Because she runs away and... I think deep down I wish that <clears throat> I could have run away. Right. And so maybe that's why. Maybe. Um, so she runs away. And, by the way, we learn that the husband is a detective. Um, and it doesn't specify what kind of detective. I think he sort of has dipped his toes in, like, some narcotics stuff. And I think... Um, so, okay, so, um, he's kind of dipped his toes in, like, narcotics and maybe some homicide and stuff like that. Um, but she, like, takes a bus and she goes and makes kind of a new life. She is told to go, like, to this women's house. It's, like, a shelter Mm -hmm. for, it basically is for, like, battered women. Right. Um, and then... He decides, the husband, that he's going to come find her right. um, and follows, like, her footsteps. And all throughout this, they're sort of in each other's heads of what the other is thinking. Right. <clears throat> and how the other would sort of think about things. And um, so, Rose, Rosie. But I get it. But, I, you know, she's trying to find the best way to stay safe. And she's right. trying to... Think like a detective and think right. like he would. Like, how, what would he use to find me? And those right. are the things I need to avoid. And right. he did it in a way that if I was her, what would where I would do? I go? Right. What would I do? Who would I talk to? Right. Um, and so at one point, Rosie goes into a, like, antique store because she's going to try to pawn her ring because he told her, like, it was a super expensive ring. And it turns out it was, like... Basically a gumball machine ring. Right. Um, but when she's walking out, she sees this picture, this painting. And she loves it. And it's called Rose Matter. <clears throat> and it has a woman, like, I think she's, like, crouched down in a field or something. Um, and so she just loves it. And she's about to move into her own place and, like, graduate from the shelter. Right. And so she gets this as, like, her first piece of furniture, basically. Right. Um, I think she just feels connected to she it. She does. And then, you know, her name and then the name of the painting is Right, also and Rose the color and... is very, um, so Rose Matter is a color, um, and she finds this color very beautiful, um, and so she just is enraptured with it, like, she just loves this painting. And the man, Bill, at the antique store is, or pawn shop, whatever. I think it's a pawn shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Is the son, the owner of this, no, the son, the owner's son. Sorry, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I could not get that out. Um, and so she, they sort of kind of start to have feelings for one another. And right. So it's talking about sort of their relationship and going back and forth. And then with um, Norman, the husband, 
coming to the town, the city or whatever, and trying to find her and right. following her footsteps. In the meantime, he kills, like, how many people? Three or something like that. He's freaking psychopath. <clears throat> yes, he is scary. He's a scary dude, and you're like, no wonder why she is like, peace out, Girl Scout. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it sort of takes a turn. At one point, this painting, like, comes alive to Rosie. Um, and... In addition to that, on the side of Norman, he buys this, like, bull mask. Oh, he's creepy. Yeah, he's very creepy. Um, And so... um, I almost feel like he becomes, like, almost possessed. Yes. Like, like an extension of himself. Right. It's just very weird. Right. He, like, externalizes it that, like, it's the bull. The bull. (laughs) That... Right. Like, comes after people. And <clears throat> um, and so he does indeed find Rosie because I think. He, he tracks her down to the home, to the battered women's shelter. Right. And breaks his way in and kills. He kills the head. Right. Um, but he also, so he does find her address while in the office. Yeah. Um, but he also, I think Rosie was like at the hospital with some of the people that he had sort of almost killed who were part of that shelter Gertrude and wasn't there a fair Cynthia? that they were at a yes. fair or something and so it was the a shelter picnic. was mostly empty yes <clears throat> um and so um she comes to the hospital to like visit and then there's like and then the police are involved with that piece of things right um and so then he tracks her down well he kills the police officers <laughs> Gets into the house and she and Bill hide in the closet and then they jump into the painting. Right. It's very weird. <laughs> it's very weird. You know, it also kind of makes me think of the Phantom Tollbooth. Did you ever see Mm-mm. that or read it? Um, yeah, it's very like. It's very. This is where it turns like fantastical like in this way. Like interdimensional. Um, so he, they jump into this and then the painting sucks Norman in and she becomes Rose Matter. Right. Basically and lures him into the woods and he's killed by the real Rose Matter, who is this like goddess basically. Right. Um, and he like becomes the bull, like the mask becomes like part a of part him. of him. Yeah. He can't take it off. And then he's dead. And... Does she rescue a baby? It's really... Why do I feel like she's she's following so there the was... sound of a crying so baby? So they have her baby that she miscarried Oh, that's in right, there. that's right, that's right. And she... They tell her that she's safe. Like, don't worry about her. She's safe. Right. Um, But then she has a baby at the end. And that she's like, I'm not going to name her Caroline, which was what she named the first baby. But basically, like, this is Caroline incarnate. Right. Gotcha. Like um, <clears throat> and so, like, then they live happily ever after. Like, that's basically how it's it ends. So and you're weird. like, uh, uh, oh, okay. okay. What? Right. But she also becomes, like, I don't know, really angry, like, at the end that she, yeah. like starts to have his sort of demeanor and she has to control it. She says, like, I have to control the beast inside of me. Yeah, it's weird. It's very strange. So at times, for me, it was kind of hard to follow. And if you've read a Stephen King, and this is my first, 
And what I've heard from other people who've read Stephen King is that he is very detail oriented. And so you're like, sometimes you can get lost in the detail. Right. And so, um, (laughs) it was a long book. It was good. I liked the sort of the kind of ending piece of it. And what I, so I told you I did a little research. Yeah. And so I was curious about the, cause I felt like there was something to this Rose Matter thing. Right. And so when I looked at, so I said it's a paint color, it's a stain color. Okay. So like when you, in the more um, layers you put on, the darker the shade it gets. Okay. Um, and so it says, as a paint, it has been described as a fugitive, transparent, non-staining, mid-valued, moderately dull violet red. And I thought that was really interesting. It's a very long definition of a color. <laughs> yes. But what I thought was interesting about that, and, you know, Stephen King is very purposeful. We all know this, whether you've sure. read it or not. I mean, if you've seen any of his movies, everything has a purpose that he has in sure. there. So this is why I was like, I need to, like, research this right. Rose Matter thing. Because I feel like it's not just the fact that they were both named Rose. Sure. Um, and so I thought it was interesting to describe a color as a fugitive when her husband oh. is a, basically a fugitive at this point because he's killed right. five people. Um, and as far as transparent, I mean, she is very transparent about like, listen, I'm not here for a relationship, you sure. know, um, non-staining and... So, Ronnie and I talked about this because I was trying to figure out sort of symbolically, like, where does this come in with the non-staining piece of it? So, Ronnie brought up that because of the stain, as you layer more, it gets darker and deeper. Well, as the bodies pile up, the color of blood becomes deeper, right? Because there's more blood that you've shed. Sure. And so, I'm wondering if that sort of played a role in the... That's a really good question. <clears throat> so I just thought it was really interesting to think of it because violet red you think of is like right blood red. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did you start? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I just don't know that I even like I said, I read this years and years and years ago, especially when it was probably way over my head. <laughs> I don't think I even had processed any of those things. Right. right. Like to like really dig into it mm-hmm. what did i do with that the other day with six the musical and uh, i was like but why but what is like i was connecting dots remember i called mm-hmm. you and i was like wait a second well they mentioned this is that accurate and i looked mm-hmm. it up and i'm like that's right and then i'm like wait that's the same tune as the oh <laughs> <laughs> like it just was like this epiphany mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. right and so it's a really like really cool way to kind of yeah I just thought like thought it was I was like there's just got to be like you don't just name a book after a color like sure with it's the like characters sermon yeah when the pastor unloads it and you're like oh my gosh right all of these right pieces. exactly so I mean and I thought that like that kind of brought it full circle for me to be a little bit less like I was like okay so we had to go through some of that stuff sure to be able to see that I liked um how he so in the book he italicizes and then is like regular script and so I thought that was interesting and that was always helpful in perspective, like when you're reading to know like, okay, so this is someone else talking versus, sure, you right. know, um, especially in a book that can be sort of detail. Right. And can full. already be kind of hard to 
you know, tricky to right. follow along. Right. I was really glad I didn't have to take notes on this one because I think it would have been a nightmare. <laughs> My notes would have just, I would have been like, forget this, probably. Right. 30 can, pages in. Can I just add I'm kind of sad I'm out of Moscato? <laughs> Oh, no. <clears throat> so kind of what spurred my strawberry thing this time go around is I went to Sam's Club. Sam's Club. And they had this tropical strawberry Moscato. Mm. And I was like. It's very yummy. Oh, I'm going to take that home. And sometimes Moscatos can have a little bit of a bite to it, but this is they very They can be a smooth. little dry. And mm-hmm. this was really nice. <clears throat> Although Moscato is my favorite, so. I might have to buy that again. It was really good. It was very good. I could make a sangria with that. Ooh. Ooh. That could be interesting. <laughs> Y'all could see my eyes right now. <laughs> I promise we're not delicious. luscious. No. No, I don't drink very often. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty rare. I had to have a whole conversation with my oldest about it because he was like, 21, I'm going to get drunk. And I was like, do you really, though? Right. Why? It's, it's Why? Overrated. Why? Why do you... Why is that your first move? Right. <clears throat> and then we had a whole conversation about addiction and what that looks like. And mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, being self-aware is mm-hmm. an enormous part of being an adult. Mm-hmm. So I am very aware that my mom is an alcoholic and my brother's an alcoholic and her brother was, no, I'm not going to go there. So mm-hmm. I have one. Sometimes yep. I'll have two, like Josh's birthday parties next weekend. I'm going to have two drinks probably. Yep. One of my girlfriends is bringing stuff. She was like, can I bring something without being conspicuous? Because she's a surprise guest. And uh, she was like, can I bring stuff for margaritas? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely you can. <laughs> I was like, I'm really <clears throat> tempted to have you come on Saturday and have dinner with us. And I said, but I also want this to be like, I want Josh to have a hard time placing her. Like, wait, you don't live here. Wh- what? Why are you here? You don't live here. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Cool. Um, and then, so I started, because I had some time, <clears throat> yes. I decided to start the second, which is Jeffrey Deaver's The Bone Collector. <clears throat> and I was a little concerned, because when she said that this was one of her favorites, I've read, so if you know, you recognize Jeffrey Deaver's name if you've watched Dexter. Such a good show. He is the author of the Dexter books. And so I've started, I, in the past, this is probably five, no, ten years ago, maybe I tried to read the first Dexter book, and I just couldn't do it. I don't know, I can't even remember why that I was like, "Mm, I'm not really into this. Um, And so I was like, I'm going to try this. This is a different different series. Right. Um, And it's, you know, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. I told Kay as she was coming over here, we were talking, and I said, it reminds me of, like, any James Patterson, Mm -hmm. Patricia Cornwell, but he focuses, Deaver really focuses on the forensic science of things versus the psychological piece of things in Patricia Corwell, she very much goes into the medical side of things. <clears throat> but for Deaver, he talks about like fingerprint ridges. How do you process a crime scene? So it's very right. forensic science. Right. And I can't remember the, the, the word he uses for it, but like unintentionally left evidence. Yeah. Versus planted evidence. Right. Um, 
it, I really just love it because, especially in this book, there is planted em- evidence mm-hmm. in each of the scenes, and mm-hmm. they are piecing together. Well, this means that maybe he has another another victim, and we have mm-hmm. an opportunity to save them, mm-hmm. even though we didn't save this one. Right. It's just, I yeah, it just sucks you in. I just love it. It does. It does. And so, sadly, I only have, like, 20 pages left. I know. And I was really trying this morning to, like, get through them, but... Um, I did not. So I don't know how it ends, but basically we learned that Lincoln Rhyme, who is the mm, forensic. Yeah. So he contracted had, he forensic had been, specialist. Right. He had been on the police force <clears throat> and was um, a crime scene investigator and mm-hmm. he was injured on the job um, while investigating a crime scene. A beam from a building he was in fell on him. And breaks his back, and he has basically the use of a finger yeah. um, and his eyes, and he's got some neck muscle, but it doesn't seem to be very, like, it's not very, he's yeah, not he's very ba- strong. He's basically fully paralyzed. Yes, and he's in <clears throat> in conversation with a doctor to help, like, assist him with suicide, essentially. Yep. Uh, when this when these cases come up you know come to him mm-hmm. and he's sought out to dig into these yes so but yeah it's just and it's um so this person is kind of mocking a book it's called old crime in new york mm-hmm. and the killer is sort of re reenacting mm-hmm. the crimes that imagining a little it, coincidentally the killer that he's reenacting's name is james schneider yes. <laughs> um and so um sorry i forgot to warn you about that part it's fine um and then so they're going through and they've saved four people but they can't find the perp Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's where I'm kind of at right now that they're in the process of finding him, um, and going through all these clues of like the trace evidence that they've missed and, oh, that's the word I was looking for. And all the like, um, what is it? Clue, like clues to, because the killer is leaving things for like what the next crime scene is going to be. And so. Um, just kind of going through that story. So I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's like a missing thread that I'm going to. It will all come together in the next 20 pages. It will. And so I'm sad that I didn't get to finish it, but it's looking like a five star. Yes. And I've not seen that movie. So this has, oh gosh, it's got Angelina Jolie. I was going to say, I know it doesn't have Angelina Jolie. She's the detective that oh, is Sachs, working Amelia with. Oh, Sachs. Amelia Sachs? Yes. Now, okay, so here's my question. Is there some romantic tension that I'm feeling between I the two of is. them? I absolutely think there is. Oh, it's because I put my phone on airplane mode. I was like, why isn't it loading? It's because it's on airplane mode, Kay. Um, let's see. Bone collector. I just... Oh, Denzel Washington. Is that Denzel Washington is? is Andrew... Or, Lincoln Lincoln Rhymes. Yeah. I said Andrew Lincoln. That's another actor. Okay. <laughs> um, Denzel Washington is Lincoln Rhyme. Um, Angela, Angelina Jolie is Amelia Donaghy. Um, Queen Latifah is Thelma. Um, who else? Well, they've changed some of the. 
She is so in. Is she supposed to be Tom? Yes. She's like the assistant that helps him in the, the aid. I think it's interesting aid. that they made it a woman instead of a man. I think that's important to the book. Yeah. Um, Louise Guzman is uh, one of the forensics guys that comes into his apartment and brings all his equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed O'Neill is in this. <clears throat> this one's an older movie too, isn't it? Yeah, this came out in. Oh God, I'm old. This came out in '99, which is really interesting because the book has some like more. I mean, maybe it's just because I don't know. I felt like it had more like modern nuances, which is the same thing I thought with Rose Matter too. That it had some more modern. I guess because I don't know why I think, but I mean, Stephen King's heyday is like 80s, early 90s. Right. And so he had some interesting references at times that I was like, huh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, it's. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I think that there there's some sexual tension. Oh, I mean, Um, that's how it feels. Oh, for sure. I mean, and interestingly enough, it's not her that kind of initiates some of the innuendos, but more Lincoln is kind of like, ooh. Right. (laughs) Well, she talks about how he gets this real deep, sensual voice when he's Mm -hmm. on on a walkie-talkie with Mm -hmm. her. Like walking her through a crime mm-hmm. scene and it like sends chills down her spine and <laughs> right so there's for sure yes. some some tension there. Um, honestly, though, I I just don't understand how that would work because mm-hmm. he doesn't have use of much. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's some rehab. <laughs> I don't uh, know. But he wants to, but he doesn't want to live like that anymore either. So right, you know, yeah, it's, it's interesting because, oh no, so in Evelyn Hugo they talk about assisted suicide too. They do. And didn't you just read a Jodie Picoult that talked about assisted suicide, or did we? We read one called Change of Heart. Um, well, that's kind of like assisted. Is it? He wanted no. He was remember. a gentleman who was in prison. And did not want to die by the electric chair because he wanted to donate his heart. His heart, right. Um, I don't know why I thought there was a... There, I'm sure Jody Picoult has written about assisted suicide that we just haven't come across There the was moment. the storyteller <clears throat> that we read about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And in that one, she kills the man. So, there actually is. It's just really old. Well, I say really old um, loosely. So, it's called Mercy... And it was written in 1996. It says the book is about the police chief of the small Massachusetts town, Cameron McDonald, whose cousin Jamie confesses to him that he has assisted the suicide of his terminally ill wife. Oh. I haven't read that. Me neither. What's it called? Mercy. Hmm. On our list, maybe. Absolutely. Let's continue the theme of assisted suicide, I guess. It's very, it's a very intriguing concept to me. Um, For sure. I mean, I think that, especially in cases like, um, like in the case of Lincoln Ryan, he's paraplegic and, mm-hmm. um, 
as the use of a finger. He has no quality of life. And I right. think that's where his Especially, struggle is. right. And I think the hardest part is when you see something, not to say, like, if you're less smart, it's better for you. But I think, like, when you have such a high intellectual capacity to really understand and know your quality of life. And, I mean, he absolutely knows that this is it. This is as good as it gets. Right. And to really appreciate that, I think, can be the hardest part. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, so that leaves us with our three books. Well, the two that I read and the one that Jay read. Yeah. Well, I haven't finished the one, so it doesn't really, I yeah, guess, count. Yeah, I've been but. reading a ton in between. Um, <clears throat> I just, like, got on it. I, if my husband knew how many books I bought recently, he might freak out on me. But I think mm-hmm. I have, like, next to my desk, I think I've got a stack of probably 20 books. Then I'm like, what Whoa. next? Um, right now I'm reading The Woman in Cabin 10, which is a little, uh, it's a little confusing. But mm-hmm. the more I get into it, I'm like, well, I was right in that suspicion. Ruth Ware is great. Um, I really like her books. So, well, I've only read one, but I really liked it. Right. <laughs> right. So that's what I want to working on now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm probably three quarters of the way through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I primarily read in Carline. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll take it out of the car and I will go like sit in my hammock and mm-hmm. sit out back for a little while. But, um, but yeah, just, yeah, <laughs> I got stuck in the genre and now I'm like, I want all of the things. And that's my ADHD talking. Well, I so that. I think it's, I, I'm coming to really appreciate the psychological thriller. Now I'll, I'll take a murder mystery any day. That is like my go-to for sure. You know, James Patterson, like I said, Patricia Cornwell. Yeah. Um, there's also an author, Faye Kellerman, who does like murder mystery things and sure. which you should really get into that series. Cause I mean, so the, his wife in the beginning of the series, they're not married, but his soon to be wife, um, is an Orthodox Jew. Oh. And so they talk a lot about Jewish tradition, which is where I've learned, like, and I trust, you know, if you're an author, you have to do lots of research oh, because absolutely. people will criticize your books to the nines. And they so I trust Faye Kellerman's research. And so I feel like I've learned a lot about the Jewish customs and stuff through her books. Yeah. Um, and so I find it very intriguing. And then to, and I've read her books for years um, those are such good books, Faye Kellerman's books. Do you have any? Um, do you have anything on your list to read that you're like, I cannot wait to dig into that? Um, yes. Then she was gone. I have on my list that I'm excited for. Um, I'm reading the third in the series. It's called The Southern Side of Paradise. Okay. <laughs> so I'm excited to not finish that series because I think there's like two others but um to sort of do that and um so on that net galley site that I'm on I actually was chosen to read one of Faye Kellerman's newest Dexter Lazarus books so I have two more to read before I can read that one and so I'm really excited about that and I have to do that before August because it's published in August 
Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple. I have a bunch on my list to read. I always currently. have something. Um, <laughs> I'm really interested in one called Local Woman Missing. Oh, that's been Mary like the talk Cubica. of all the groups. Oh, that one I've got is way high on my list. Um, I have one called Little Lamb by Tom Franks, oh. um, which seems really interest- mm-hmm. interesting. The Overnight Guest. By oh. Heather Gudenkopf. I've heard about that one. Um, and then I've got one that's a little mature. <laughs> well, I was going to talk to you about, because we both talked about Harlequin novels, if at some point we should do a Harlequin novel. So I don't know that I have outright read a Harlequin novel. Oh, like I so have good. Read, I mean, like, I've, I've read Fifty Shades. I've read sure. those, right? Um, and I think that very much teeters on that line. It does. Um, but not... Oh, also, uh, The Maid just came out by Nita Prose. And that one I've is, heard about that one. Um, all up in those um, groups. Mm-hmm. And it comes next week, and I can't wait. And maybe I will have more than 20 books. <laughs> I, I think I have two... Okay, the ones I have coming next week are The Housemaid by... Um, Freedom of Fadden. That one, it just came out last week. Oh. Um, and so I was on, like, I bought it and then had to wait for it to ship. Mm-hmm. And then another one by Sarah Pierce is called The Sanatorium. Oh, I've heard about that one. I've wanted to read that one. So those are the ones on my list. Um, and that one is a, like a Witherspoon book club. Yes. Book. it's a. I think it's a psychological thriller, too. And they all are. Um, and this know. one came out in January. The sanatorium mm-hmm. just came out this past mm-hmm. January. So, um, I've got a lot on my to read list. No, and we're reading the people who meet on vacation. The people we meet on vacation. Yeah, that one. There's the our next book. Um, I'm excited to dig into that. That's a very we Me picked too. it because it's very much a summer read. Yes, and um. I'm excited. I'm excited to read it. The cover's super cute. It's mm-hmm. people in their little lounge chairs with their drinks and palm trees. Um, and it's just, it's it's going to be so cute. And that came out last May. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, a, a little witty romance. Mm-hmm. Um, that, um, you know, should be nice to dig in. Should be a nice breather i was gonna say it might be a the, palate cleanser yes, a little bit <laughs> from all of the death and mystery we've i mean i, I mean i really into. enjoy that but <laughs> if, they, if sadly keeps me reading can we just briefly touch on verity sure because you just recorded that mm-hmm. and then you passed it to me and i read it in like 12 hours <laughs> At first, so I, that is also at first becoming. I like graciously gave it twenty four, and then I went back and referenced my text message to you, and it was like twelve hours that I read it. And, and I that one's like, becoming a movie too. Oh my gosh, is it really? Mm-hmm. Okay, who would you have play who? Okay, so Erica and I went through this, and we struggled. Okay, so. She said... Verity's batshit crazy. Let me see who she said. Who so said she again? said, um, you know, what's her name? Vera. Oh, crap. Her, she was on Bates Motel. You know who I'm talking about. Mama. Oh. For Verity. 
But she's older. I don't think they're that old. She has young children. Uh, yeah, but I think they could make her look younger. She plays a lot of, like, 50-year-old women, but I think she could right. play a good, like, 40-year-old. Yeah. Okay, so then Erica said Dakota Johnson for... Um, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then that. we struggle with a man. I couldn't think of who a good Jeremy would be. I just couldn't... Because you need somebody who's... Them. Right, who's attractive, right. has this, like, sex appeal that's, like... Now, I would have said, like, a Brad Pitt, but Brad Pitt is too... He's too He's old. not smart enough. He's outdone. Um, what about... So she reference. He's a little too goofy, I think, for Jeremy. But not bad. I mean, I think if he could he get... Can, he can If he got serious. rid of some of that comedy. But, so she said Jamie Dornan, and I didn't agree with Jamie Dornan because I think he's too young. Jamie Dornan yeah, you is... you need someone 35, 40... Hmm. I mean, I'm not opposed to Ryan Reynolds because he definitely has the sex appeal. Right. I just don't know if he's that, like, unadulterated sex appeal that they make it sound like Jeremy's, like, everyone falls at his knees and is like, So, I really do think that attractiveness can really really also depend on your personality. Sure. Um, We have a very good friend of ours who we've known for forever, like 16 years now. Um, and she's a very pretty woman, um, but she's not like drop dead gorgeous, right? Sure. But her personality brings all the boys to the yard. Like sure. Every I could not tell you someone that was young uh-huh. and available who did not want her. Sure. And I'm like, but how did you do that? And she's like, I I don't know. Right. So and, I I can't think of a male actor who does that. I mean, I guess Ryan Reynolds could, but... He's a good-looking guy. Um, See, I think Jamie Dornan has that. He's just too young for me in that role. Yeah. I really like Ryan... I, don't, I really like Ryan Reynolds for that. Or okay. Ryan Gosling. He's a oh, little, he's I a could see Ryan goofy. Gosling. Okay. He's a little less goofy. Okay. Um, 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 um. So that makes me think of Chris Evans, maybe, too. He's super... Oh, uh, he's Captain yeah. America, right? Channing Tatum. I think Channing Tatum's a little on the Brad Pitt side. on the Brad Pitt side of. I don't want to say he's not smart, but he just doesn't play smart roles, and so it's like. Right. Mm, I think I would see him as Jeremy's like semi-intellectual. He's smart. He's a good real realtor. He's been successful. Yeah. I like the Ryan Gosling though. He's a good-looking guy. I could go with uh, Ryan Gosling. Funny. You know what's funny about that is he, um. His first, um, in the notebook, in uh-huh. the notebook, he was, he was, um, hired because they thought, uh, that he was less attractive and that he, that people would fall in love with his character and his, like the growth that he has and uh-huh. not because he's good looking. <laughs> they messed that up because he's just good looking. I and... could, I totally could see a Ryan Gosling be a Jeremy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. I'd watch that in a heartbeat. Yep. And Kay is on the side of the manuscript was true, not oh, the letter. absolutely. Because she starts... So I, I had this dawning the other day, <laughs> and I almost called you. 
because uh, we talked about how, like, it was, I really feel like that letter that she hid just to cover her tracks. Yep. Um, and when, is it Hannah? What's her name, the other girl? Is it Hannah? No. I've read too many books lately. I don't know. Anyway, um, when she, when she, like, brings up to Jeremy, like, how they met, she's, like, asking him how they met. He tells her how they met. Lowen. Lowen. Low. Um, he tells her how they met, and it mm-hmm. matched the manuscript. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, there's just too many holes in the letter for me for it to be true. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay, so you read Evelyn Hugo, too. Oh, my gosh. Who do you cast as Evelyn Hugo? Oh, uh, oh, I knew this. So I said if Jennifer Lopez were younger, she would be perfect. For Evelyn Hugo? If she were younger. Oh, if Evelyn Hugo were younger. I thought you were saying Jennifer Lopez Oh, okay, so younger younger Evelyn Hugo, Um, not older. Oh, gosh. I can't think of her name. So I, Erica told me somebody, but I don't know who she is. She's a singer. Oh, starts with C. Carmen Cabrera. Does that make sense? I think that might be the better name. I couldn't think of anybody because I don't know. I think that Jennifer Lopez would have been a good younger Evelyn Hugo and could have made a good right. blonde. I cannot. I'm, so I'm googling because I cannot think of her name. It's not you. It's not you. You're too old. You're too weird. <laughs> I came. Ac- it came across um, Helena Bonham Carter. No. No. <laughs> no. Not you. Not you. Helen Mirren. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can see that for she's very lithe and thin and old for old Evelyn for old Evelyn. Mm, that's a good like, one. Uh huh. To narrate, yeah, you hear her. I think they'd have to really make her up to look a little bit more Cuban, but oh, true. true. I know that's the hard part is that she's like visibly Cuban. Well, no, because she's passing. She passes as white. Because remember, she was like she hid her. She stopped speaking Spanish right, because right. she wasn't getting roles because she was white passing. Um, that's totally who I was thinking of. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm just going to Google older British actresses. <laughs> Julie Andrews is in there. I, th- I just don't, I think it would be too good, too long to be a movie. They've cast it as a mo- They're doing it as a movie, not as a show. I think it would have been so much better as a show and have each episode be like... Or two or three. Oh, right. Goddamn whatever, whatever his name is. You know, like have those be the yes. titles of the episodes. Yeah. But no, it's going to be a movie. So like a I think... series? I don't know. I think it might just be like one... Yeah. One shot. Well, no, I was thinking like instead of a movie. Oh, it should have been like, like a, a mini series. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't drag that out for season after season after season. No. But you could make it like a 10 episode miniseries. Yes. Heck, each of those could be an hour and a half long, and I would watch I all know. of it. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Oh. Okay, so the people we meet on vacation is next. Is our next read. I am. 
I was going to pull it back up and I forgot. It's right behind you. It's the one that's got the cords all over it. Oh, this one? Yep. So The People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry uh, is also the author of Beach Read, which also And I think great. she had, I think she's also, she just came out with another one that I can't remember what it's called. I want to say it's like Book Lovers, but I don't think that's it either. Right. Um, can I just comment that the cover says The Perfect Getaway by Jody Bacolt. Thanks, Jody. I love you. And so yes. I will read this. Although this seems thicker than I like remember my books at home, but I think the writing's huge though. Three hundred and sixty-one pages. I mean, it's a good-sized print. It's not giant though. Um, it's the story of two best. Oh, friends. it is book lovers. I was right. Yeah. That's the newest one. The back says two best friends, ten summer trips, and one last chance to fall in love. Can mm-hmm. I just say, if you marry your best friend, you got it. Like, mm-hmm. that's all you need. Yep. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And the reader's guide included, so we can we have ooh we have questions we have something to dig dig into a little more right. Well, I'm excited. Me too. Um, I'm gonna finish my uh, the woman in cabin ten, and then I'm jumping into this one. Or I've been reading so much lately, I might just hold off. I but um, yeah, I can't. It's almost I know. summer. I it's almost wait. summer. I know. Ha <laughs> ha. Excited. <laughs> All right, guys. So, um, see us on or DM us if you have any other book recommendations oh, yeah. we'll that you share want our us. Recipes. Um, and so you can DM us on Instagram at Books and Brunch Podcast or on Facebook with the same handle. Um, we do have our website www.bookbooksandbrunchpodcast.com, uh, and um, our email is booksandbrunchpodcast at gmail dot com. And Jackson wants to say hi. Say hi, Jackson. Hi, Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Bye, guys. See ya.